And so if you own your craft and you become good at it, that's really what you know makes you happy. And uh, a lot of people think that ha working 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week means that then after that you're just gonna go to the mall and, and shop because you have free time and money. So yes, in a way, I'm always busy, uh, but it's not that I'm always busy on the same tasks. I have my team doing, I would say, probably 80% of the busy work in my business. I show up for that important 20% to move it forward and, and to manage. And then I spend the rest of the time mastering other parts of my life. The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end -end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit. Hey, hey, this is Gordon Henry at Winning on Main Street. And this week, we're fortunate to meet De Niro Bartolini. Welcome to the show, De Niro. Hey, Gordon. Thanks for having me. We were just talking before the show. You're speaking to us today from Rome, Italy, right? From Rome, Italy. That's right. We are based in Toronto, Canada, my wife and I. But we decided to do six months and six months because we work remotely. And why not? <laughs> why not? Very cool. Very cool. And I should mention to our audience, you sometimes go by De Niro B. So they may find you online at De Niro Bardellini, De Niro B. Uh, and also, you are often known as the remote CEO. And we're going to get into that uh, right now. So everybody should listen up. Uh, De Niro is a guest who's, uh, as I said, sometimes known as the remote CEO. His goal is to help you scale your entrepreneurial business with remote teams. Uh, De Niro is launching a new book, Smart Business, Better You, and he hosts a podcast called The Remote CEO Show. So lots to uh, get into there. De Niro's coaching journey started in Toronto, uh, where he mentored and consulted small business owners on leveraging the internet to scale businesses and expand their reach. He's been a coach for countless nonprofit and, and for-profits, uh, and following his successes with his own internet or marketing agency, he started offering online coaching services and founded uh, the Remote CEO Academy, which takes you on the path from solopreneur to CEO of a remote business, or as he says, a re remote empire. Uh, the Academy focuses on six pillars. I'm sure we'll get into that. And his vision can be summed up with a statement, long gone are the days when you had to be tied to an address to have a successful company. Now you can scale a business and create numerous streams, numerous streams of income from anywhere in the world. No tease in Rome today. You can run your morning meetings with uh, your team members joining from multiple continents. You don't have to choose between being a CEO and a digital nomad. You can have it all. You can be a remote CEO. And what should listeners get out of this episode? Simply, there are many ways to launch and grow your entrepreneurial businesses. De Niro can offer insights into what's worked for him and what help he can offer you. So De Niro, we'd love to hear your story. It's a unique one. How did you get started? Uh, what stages in life led you to this idea of a remote CEO. Yeah. So we got we got to rewind about 20 years when I I was actually in Italy uh, as a kid I was here um and then uh when I was in my teens I went to Canada and I started my life in Canada and I went to university there studied there but of course I left a lot of friends and family members in Italy and so what happened is had a great job in an office you know things were going well for me I found a girl and it was about to get married and everything was you know, going the right direction. But inside, I always felt a bit, you know, torn because part of my life, half of my life was actually back in Europe. And, and for that reason, I, I went through maybe two, three years 
of a lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of, you know, second guessing my choices up to that point, because I thought, you know, I either start this lifestyle of the, you know, digital nomad and I grab the laptop and I work, you know, like around the clock, maybe in Bali or something, or I'm serious about, you know, my career and my business and I build, you know, a solid base. And that was during the, you know, 20, uh, well, I started in, in internet marketing in 2012, but by 2015, I had a clear image of how I could build a remote business that was going to really give me the best of both worlds, being able to be with my loved ones anywhere in the world while still having multiple sources of income and not even have to work those, you know, stressful 16 hours day, 16 hour days that I used to work before. So tell us a little bit more. I know you did some interesting thing. You sold Pop-Tarts on Amazon. You sold other products on Amazon. You ran an internet marketing agency. What were the sort of the jobs you had or the, or the, the roles you had that eventually led you to this, this role? All right. So I was working in print marketing, uh, Google Premium Partner for a Canadian corporation in 2012. We were cold calling 75 to 300 people a day even sometimes. So back then I was like, wow, these companies that we're working for, they're making a lot of money through Facebook and Google advertising. And so from then on, I started looking into Amazon. First thing I did, I was like, well, I found out that uh, if you find a product that is no longer available in stores and then you, you know, hold it for a couple of months and you put it online, now it's something, you know, there's scarcity in the market, you can sell it for more. And so you brought up the Pop-Tart story, which is very funny. I bought like a one of those, you know, one-off flavors of Pop-Tarts. Uh, I stacked about 400 boxes at home or something. And then when I went to put them online a couple of months later, I realized I couldn't sell them online because it was a gated product, a gated category. You had to have a specific license for it. So that was my first experiment. After that, I got into screen protectors, made a lot of money there, but of course they're pretty breakable, especially if you get the glass ones. And so I got a bunch of one-star reviews, the product got uh, taken down and I was back at zero. And so I had a lot of ups and downs. And then what I realized that one thing that was actually keeping me afloat was my ability to, to, do, to, to run Facebook ads and, and Google ads, and, and, and even in that case, Amazon ads. And so that's when I said, you know what, instead of selling my own products, uh, or at least to supplement my, the sales of my own products, I want to start doing digital ads for other people. And so that's when I started working on a revenue, gener uh, a revenue share model. So instead of offering my services on a retainer, I would get 10% of the total sales that were, you know, coming from the ads. And so I had quite a few very successful partnerships with businesses that were selling multiple six figures a month uh, just with ads. And so there, you know, you got 20,000 a month from here, 5,000 a month from there, $15,000 a month from there. So the agency, you know, scaled pretty quickly and I found myself working around the clock at that point. Um, there was part in the book where I talk about the fact that I literally just had a little nap really between maybe like 2 a.m. and 5 and then I was back at it, posting, making sure that ads were running properly. And so going back to trading time for money, money was there, but A, I had no time to even look at the money, let alone spend it, but that costed my health as well. And I ended up at the hospital. And so that's when I 
went through a process of kind of reinventing myself because as you, you can imagine as a freelancer not being able to work for a few weeks, it really is going to impact, you know, uh, the relationships that you have with your clients. And, and as a matter of fact, 75% of my book of business was gone after six weeks. So that was when I had, you know, some money saved up and I said, I need to build a team. First thing that I did back then, luckily, I just started my podcast for an episode 570 something, I believe right now. So we started the journey a long time ago and in the podcast led me to really interview in, in a way getting mentored, but some of the most amazing entrepreneurs I've ever had, you know, a chance to speak with. Now, make sure like, you have to understand back then. Uh, I was just, you know, your average guy making, you know, quote unquote money online, but I was speaking to eight figure entrepreneurs, nine figure entrepreneurs, and they were giving me very solid answers uh, to my questions during, you know, the interviews. And so I took all that knowledge and I kind of slowly used it to, to uh, build a remote team, then to manage it. And now we're about 15 to 20, depends if you count contractors or not. They're all over the world, 15 different time zones. Um, and, uh, I honestly don't consider my job, you know, work, so to speak, but if you really had to count the hours, I don't work more than 30 hours a week. And my wife and I, and my kid, you know, we spend a lot of time together, which again, it's the whole idea of building a business around your perfect lifestyle and not the other way around. Okay. And the teams that you run in these 15 different locations, what is the product today? Is it, are you selling products? or services online, or are you coaching, or is it both? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have still our marketing agency, okay? So we don't do any e-commerce in-house anymore, but we do uh, our marketing services, digital marketing services for our clients. And then I have a coaching program called the Remote CEO, which you brought mm -hmm. up a minute ago, which also is tied to the podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs and professionals build remote teams. Uh, so that could be sales teams, marketing teams, SEO teams, anything you can imagine, you were able to outsource it, build it, and then give you basically the done for you systems to run and manage your team. Okay, so first what you're doing personally is you're running a team of something like 15 people all over the world and you're running ad campaigns for clients uh, successfully, and that's providing one stream of income. Yeah. And then you separately have a coaching program, the remote CEO, where you're helping um, uh, clients um, to develop their own ability to kind of do what you do, right? A hundred percent. That was the idea from day one. I wanted to detach myself, so to speak, from the end result and work with, you know, A players that were interested in doing what I had done up to that point. And I think that's really been, you know, a fantastic experience because you don't only get to work on the digital ads, but you get to work on so many different aspects like their mindsets, their decision making, their management skills and everything else. Okay. So walk us through the remote CEO program. I know you talked about six pillars. I don't know if we need to go into all six, but tell us basically what is the system? Uh, let's start there. What is the system? For sure. So the idea is that I went through the different stages that I had to go through myself from when I was you know, on the hospital bed, trying to figure out what my next step was going to be from then and to where I got to the point where I'm at today. And the first thing is the mindset and decision-making. Like I said, this is really the foundation of most entrepreneurs. If you don't have a solid mindset and you don't know where you're going, you're not going to be able to make good decisions, right? And so you need to not only know where you're going, but also where you are at right now. And so that's really like the first step. 
Now, the second step is we want to, again, start looking at building a team, uh, a team of individuals. And by the way, here, I'm assuming that you already have a business that's bringing in some cash, right? And so at this point, we're going to look at the tasks that you shouldn't be doing, the ones that you still want to do, but maybe you should start thinking about outsourcing them. And, you know, I know a thing or two about that. Uh, and so building a team is absolutely one of the most important things. And after that, without having to go into all six, but the idea is that we're also going to help you with branding and, and personal branding. So if you want to start podcasting, we help you build a podcast. If you want to you know, promote your brand on, on Instagram, we help you create systems and content to um, go there. We have about 50K followers there as well. And so the idea is to first build some sort of brand for yourself before you do any advertising. You know, I want to bring this back to my agency because as a performance-based company, we don't work with everyone. We have to kind of pre-screen the companies that we think we can start making money with. And one of our biggest factors is, you know, history of, you know, their sales, of course, but most importantly, do they have some sort of either a list or people that are already following them? Because a lot of brands think that they can pay their way to building a brand. I mean, unless you're like Coca-Cola or something, maybe, yeah, go ahead and do it. But if you are your average professional, maybe an accountant, a lawyer, a dentist that wants to build a brand, you need to be present out there and you need to, you know, like Mark Cuban calls it, it's sweat equity, right? You can't just pay your way to being known in your industry overnight. And so that also takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of even pressure. And so we help entrepreneurs come, come out of their shell and tell their story and, and really be uh, the best version of themselves, but still be true to their brand and themselves so that when they do get on the phone with a potential client or they do their webinars, they're, you know, uh, they're not just trying to sell something. They're actually coming from a place of giving value upfront and then being able to, to reap the benefits in the long run. Okay, and just to close out on the remote CEO framework, um, what is the time frame? Like if I signed up as your client, how long do I work with you in a typical situation as a client uh, to become a remote CEO? And what is the cost? Absolutely, so we have several different ways that you can work with us. The first one is we, we help you really with the entire system. And that's more of a monthly fee that we decide together. It's about uh, $500 every week uh, if you want to get started and then it goes up from there. If you're looking, for example, to just build one team, let's say you want to only build your social selling team so that you have um, people sending out messages on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, Sales Navigator and everything else. So that would actually be a program that lasts about three to five months. It's about $9,800. So $9,800. Uh, and, and we, we have guarantees as well. So we, one of our guarantees money back, but another one is the success guarantee, which means yes, it's three to five months, but if there's still things that we need to iron out, we work with you until you, you get the results that you want, which is generally, you know, make your money back at least for the investment. And so, it really, again, it's something that we send out proposals and we look, you know, situation uh, in each situation is a bit different, right? Got it. Okay. Um, are your systems relevant to all types of clients and all types of products? Like what about someone who's a plumber you, or you said dentist or, or a car mechanic? When I think of most of these typical local service businesses, the idea of a remote team seems, well, pretty remote. Uh, yeah. how, how am I a, an auto mechanic with a remote team? How am I a dentist with a remote team? 
I absolutely love this question. It's in the book, actually. One chapter is almost dedicated completely to this because that's the one main question that people ask us. You know, you don't have to have a remote team. You don't have to be a remote business. And so now people, you know, start thinking about, okay, well, let me think. If I am a physiotherapist, for example, that we've helped in the past. Now, she, of course, accepts clients in, in, in her studio if she wants to. But instead of working five days a week, 12 hours a week in the studio, now she does two or three days a week in the studio, maybe mornings or afternoons. And the rest of the time, she has team members that reach out online to potential clients for services that may not require them to be you know, in person. Now, a dentist is a, a bit of a different example because you know, a physiotherapist can help you remotely through a Zoom call by with, with posture and everything else. Dentists probably cannot do that. And so what we recommend for, for professionals that want to expand their business or at least go partly remote, they can start often consulting in their own niche. So for example, if you are a seasoned dentist with over you know, a decade of experience, you could put together programs for new dentists to open their first firm, but you can also help them build chains. Maybe they already have one, you know, one, uh, one practice. They can start opening two, three, four in the you know, greater Toronto area, for example. And so offering this system, uh, it gives them that extra you know, cash to, to not have to go in the studio or in, in the practice every single day, uh, but also frees up space. I remember when I used to go to, uh, in Toronto, I used to go to this yoga studio. I had a, a room, a decent size, maybe it could fit 15, 20 people, but I would say probably a third of the space was taken up by desks, people that were working there and whatnot. And so just... As a joke, as, as you know, one day I was like, I was like, you know, I'm kidding, but you could probably get everyone to work from home and you could have classes with 25 people and charge literally the same, but make a lot more money. As a matter of fact, after six, six months, we went back and that's exactly what she did. So the idea is that, yes, the team can be remote, but your business doesn't need to be remote to reap the benefits of a remote team. Okay. So on another, another piece of your proposal or your plan is not just this idea of being remote, but also um, uh, we're, we're, what sounds like working less, or, or you say maybe finding a lifestyle of freedom. You, you say, would you rather have a seven-figure business or a lifestyle of freedom? Fortunately, you don't have to choose. In my experience, um, you know, entrepreneurs work really, really hard and really, really long hours. You say you want to eliminate entrepreneur burnout. Uh, and you know, I guess my question is, doesn't you know, doesn't every successful entrepreneur have to work crazy hours to achieve success? All right. It's a great question again. And in my experience, what's important is, of course, the quality of the work and the things that you work on. As a matter of fact, in the part of the decision-making process in the first pillar, we really start looking at what's really the one of the most important things in your business. For example, for me as a content creator, the book was at the top of my priority list for 2022 and was able to put it together and write it in less than 40 days with all the ideas that I had you know, accumulated over years. But for, it took me about 40 days. Now, the book was a perfect example of something that to work for up front, but it's going to help me build my brand and then sell more and, and even, again, hire more people to help me automate it. Now, when I talk about freedom and free time, 
There's a lot of misconceptions around it. I am not the type of person that sits around drinking from a coconut, you know, a pina colada on the beach. <laughs> um, uh, you're probably familiar with with uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, the psychologist that wrote the book Flow, uh, in the concept of flow. And he talks in his book about the fact that um, it's actually easier to enjoy work than free time because work already has within it uh, those mechanisms that you have to master and there is goals that you have to achieve every single day possibly or every single week. And so if you own your craft and you become good at it, that's really what you know makes you happy. And uh, a lot of people think that ha- working 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week means that then after that, you're just going to go to the mall and, and shop because you have free time and money. I'm a big proponent of building that lifestyle. Actually, one of the last, the last pillar, the fifth pillar actually is, um, is lifestyle design. And so I'm a huge, you know, proponent of, okay, what are you going to do with that free time? For example, for me, I absolutely love calisthenics and gymnastics, but to be totally honest, as a lifestyle entrepreneur, you know, it is something that I look forward to doing every single day. It makes me feel more energetic. I work better. I'm a better, you know, leader. I show up for my team more excited, you know, and so that's just one example. Um, I have, for those that know me from back in the day, I used to be a music producer. And so part of, you know, what I do also with my free time is, you know, work on music and, and, and do things, uh, whether it's mixes or actual instruments. And so being a father, it's a huge thing in my life right now. So yes, in a way, I'm always busy, uh, but it's not that I'm always busy on the same tasks. I have my team doing, I would say, probably 80% of the busy work in my business. I show up for that important 20% to move it forward and, and to manage. And then I spend the rest of the time mastering other parts of my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't talk much about your team or how you found them or put them together. Uh, you know, for anybody who manages people, you know, managing people can be uh, time consuming and 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 at times difficult uh job in itself. So how did you find these 15 people all over the world? And how do you manage them with all the time zones and doing it all virtually? Absolutely. So let's talk about the fact that some of them are synchronous and some of them are synchronous. So some people, they have to show up at a certain time. They need to be on meeting uh, on meetings. We need to review their KPIs, need to make sure that things are going as, you know, as we planned. Some of them don't have to do that. And so for the ones that don't have to do it, we have a tool called Todoist. It's pretty much like a lot of these, you know, monday.com or Trello. It's a a productivity slash um, operations management tool that we use. And so I have calls with them maybe once a week, sometimes even every two weeks, but everything is managed within uh, that platform. For the revenue generating roles, uh, that's where we tend to get on the phone with them more often. Motivational meetings are absolutely key to keep that mindset of, you know, that growth mindset um, in check. And most importantly, uh, the way that we scout, you know, for revenue generating roles is totally different from the way that we scout for non-revenue generating roles. Now, if I'm looking for uh, an operations manager or anything else that has to do maybe customer success, I'm okay with with going on a website and, and looking for candidates that way. I think it's a fantastic way of finding them. For revenue generating roles, especially when we're talking about digital marketing that it morphs every six months in a platform like Facebook ads, you know, it changes in the back. Some features are not there anymore. Some features 
uh, are are new. And so for me, it, the most important thing is not experience. You know, oh, I am the seasoned digital marketer. You know, what it's important to me is show me your very like the your latest win, how big that win was. And who did you work for? So I have many coaches and and uh, and mentors that I work with. So whenever I'm looking for a revenue generating role, like a digital marketer or a copywriter, I go straight to them and I ask them for a warm introduction. I think this is very important. It's in the book. I say that the difference between hiring uh, that way and hiring on a website is almost like Hiring uh, through your connections, especially if they're coaches or mentors, it's like going to an expensive restaurant and eating an amazing piece of steak. You know, it's great. It's kind of done for you. You sit there and they put it in front of you. It's great. But you, it, it's something that's not scalable. You don't do it every single night. Whereas if you want to hire for other roles and you go on websites, you do the work yourself. Uh, so it takes longer. You take a bit more chances. Maybe not all dishes are going to be perfect, but it's definitely scalable because you can run as many interviews as you want and you can hire for those roles a lot, uh, a lot, you know, maybe not faster, but, uh, you know, a lot cheaper even, right? Those are the two differences. Uh, like I said, revenue generating for me, it's absolutely crucial, not, you know, what school they went to or anything like that, but Hey, were you able to build a funnel? Okay. Yes. How much did you generate with that funnel? Million plus? Perfect. Let's start working together. So those are the types of criteria that we look in, that look yep. for. You, you mentioned, um, you, you often lean on mentors. Um, can you tell us one or two of your mentors and how you found them? Absolutely. So for example, one of the biggest people, like I think the biggest mentor at this point in my life has been Craig Ballantyne. Uh, he's been, he's from Toronto, Canada. And so I used to follow him when he, back in the day when he had his uh, total only fitness, it was the only a fitness uh, mailing list. He worked for uh, Men's Health, I believe. And so that was from back in the day, 2006. And then I started following him when he started making videos about productivity uh and 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 really from then on i just absolutely love the style because he talks about the fact that without productivity without being productive and really sticking to your schedule uh everything is all over the place you're always going to feel like there's something to do uh and so i started with him and from him i got introduced to several other people and then through my podcast like i said every single time that i interview someone uh, there's something to learn. And most importantly, you build connections, right? Uh, and so someone gives you their phone number, someone gives you their email address or their Instagram, they message you. And so anytime that I have a question before, for example, when we're looking for an important role, like a closer in our, in our business, we always ask our network first, hey, you know, anybody that's been closing at more than, you know, 25% or something. And then if they do, gosh, I'm even willing to pay, you know, last time I paid $2,500 just for that introduction to someone that said, hey, listen, this person's working for me. Maybe he can work for you for a couple of hours, uh, for a couple of days, but, you know, it's going to cost you a bit. And I absolutely love that idea because, you know, it's it's almost a guarantee that's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, a lot of what you've talked about in this whole plan of being a remote CEO is about leveraging technology. And I imagine you're very good with technology. 
what about the person who says, you know, I'm, I'm not tech savvy, I, I'm great at making pizzas, or I'm great at fixing bikes, or I'm even a good consultant or psychologist or something like that, but I'm not tech savvy, I can barely turn on a computer, what do I do? All right, so that's a great question. And I, I get that a lot from, from individuals that don't really have, again, a background in, in technology. I think, and I, I, told, I tell everyone, as long as you know how to use email and a software like Zoom, which most people already do use it anyway for work, uh, you should be good to go. Now, that does not mean that you shouldn't try getting better over time, right? Because you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur in general, maybe you're not supposed to, maybe if it's not a remote business, you're not going to leverage technology as much as I do, but there's going to be other things that you need to master, right? So growth mindset is always, it needs to be there uh, with the expectation that in 10 years, you'll, you should know a lot more about technology than you know now. But to get started, as long as you know a couple of websites where you can hire, you know, good workers that can do great great work and then that you have the ability to show up for them on a daily basis especially in the beginning to give them that feedback that they need to say hey you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong you don't need to do the software as a matter of fact in the book i talk about you know if you want to do ads one of the questions i always get you know should i learn how to do facebook or google ads and my question is always no because your competitors are using people to do that full time and if you're going to try maybe like five hours a week to do this, you're only going to, you're not going to show up in the right spot, right? Or you're going to pay a lot more for it. And so the idea is always, always, always start with uh, uh, delegating things that you don't know how to do. And then as you move along, you want to learn the basics and the KPIs more than anything to make sure that, you know, you should know, for example, that to uh, set up a campaign with five ad groups and whatever, like 30 ads, it should take no longer than five hours, right? Random number. But now you know that. And so next time that someone takes a full day or two days or three days, you should know, hey, there's something wrong. There should be a red flag, right? But other than that, you should not get very good at the platform because that's not your job. So yeah. Yeah, just like, uh, you know, you shouldn't do your own accounting or you shouldn't do your own plumbing or, you know, there are reasons people hire people to do things. You do what you're good at and leverage other people's skills and sometimes yeah. it's worth paying for, right? Absolutely. And Gordon, I want to add one more thing about this because when people think about the free time, they think that that's from day one. So it's like you either decide to be a normal entrepreneur and your work you know, 16 hours a day, or you decide to be a lifestyle entrepreneur and you work 30 hours uh, a week. So like in total, maybe like five, you know, five hours a day. That's not the case. I want to make sure that people understand this. To build a lifestyle business actually takes more energy at the beginning because you're not only building your business, but you're build so not only your brand and the systems, but you're building extra systems to automate the entire process. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of like that bottleneck idea at the very beginning. There's traffic, traffic, traffic. And then as you get past that point, that threshold where things start, you know, running smoothly, you know, for example, I have some of my staff members that have been writing copywriting for me for a long time and they pretend to be me literally my emails but at the very beginning it was such a long process for me to teach them my thought process where I would what would I put first and why it would be there and then as they slowly got good at it I could stop having daily meetings with them and now 
We speak, you know, maybe every couple of uh, days just to say, hey, like everything good, right? And so the idea is that a lot of work up front leads to a more, you know, automated business, which leads to more freedom in the long run, though. Right. Got it. Good clarification. Um, De Niro, we're uh, just going to take a quick break here. Word from our sponsor. We'll be back in 30 seconds with more from De Niro B. This episode of Winning on Main Street is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that includes everything small business owners need to meet their customers' expectations. Thrive's award-winning and fully mobile interface delivers technology previously reserved for big business to the fingertips of small business owners nationwide. Thrive's built specifically for small business, but there's nothing small about what it can do. Thrive handles your entire customer experience, helping business owners reach more customers, stay organized, get paid faster, and generate online reviews, all from a single device or screen. To learn more about Thrive, visit winningonmainstreet.com and click on Get a Demo. When it comes to software to run your business, there's no comparison. Check out Thrive today. And we're back with De Niro B. Fascinating conversation about being the remote CEO, something all of us uh, probably have fantasized about one time or another. So I have to congratulate you, I guess. It seems you were very far-sighted. Uh, you were doing this, or at least thinking about this, before COVID. Uh, and of course, COVID has changed the way everybody thinks about remote work. You and I are having this conversation right now remotely. You're in uh, Europe. I'm in the United States. And uh, um, the company I work for, we're now a remote company. I mean, co- remote has gone from being this sort of uh, fringe idea to being very mainstream. So yeah. I imagine this has given you a lot of momentum, right? Absolutely. It was something that when I first started, um, only two or three people that I knew like back in the day from my you know old life, quote unquote, uh, they, they were either doing or thinking about doing. And now the majority of the people that I speak with, even those that work nine to five, are working remotely. And uh, there's been a bit of people, there's been quite a few people thinking about, you know, or businesses thinking about bringing people back on a Monday to Friday, nine to five schedule. I think that uh, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I don't think, however, that the way that remote work is set up right now is the best way. I actually talk about this in the book that you know, just working straight from your you know like living room or you know couch uh, all day is not productive uh, for many people. Some people could do it, some people can't do it. Uh, I think that uh, we will see more and more uh, condominiums. They're going to have shared spaces in more shared spaces. Um, a lot of libraries, you're going to get people to work from there, like local libraries. So you can still go to an area where you're not sitting on your couch, <laughs> but uh, you don't have to travel an hour to go to the office to, to make things happen. Right. Interesting. Um, I was curious, you're, you're, you're in a, uh, as we said, in Italy, and then you spent some time in Canada. Um, does it matter what country uh, either you or your clients operate in? Uh, are there you know, have you heard for like for it, does it have to be in an advanced industrial country because you have to have a good internet connection? All right. So you'll be okay. So this is a great question because um, the other day I was talking to my staff members and looking at their expenses because 
we have this concept of radical transparency that we kind of uh, inherited from, you know, Ray Dalio's books uh, about, you know, having a company where everybody can say whatever they, they, they want and, and think. Mm -hmm. And so we started talking about expenses. We realized that some of the people that are working for us, we have people in Ghana, in South Africa, we have people in Egypt, Bulgaria, the Philippines, India, Pakistan, Mexico, Canada, of course, the United States. And some of these countries, they're really like making a lot of money compared to, mm. to what their peers are making. And so what we talked about, yes, for sure. If your English is not great, if your brand is not great, you're not going to land high ticket clients. That makes total sense. But anybody that has, again, gro the growth mindset to think, I'm going to build a brand no matter where I'm at. I have some of my, uh, not clients, but people that I interact with or engage with on social media. They are in India. They have over 150,000 followers. The majority are from Europe and in the United States. And these people are paying uh, quote unquote, you know, like American, you know, fees to to get services from a guy that's really making about eight times <laughs> what what you know we would make here, right? Like to to make what he's making there, he's probably like um, one of the quote unquote richest people in his neighborhood, right? And so the idea is, no, you don't have to be, but of course, the market rewards people that have exceptional brands. So wherever wherever you are. Of course, internet needs to be good, but like I said, nowadays, with the exception of a few countries, most countries have uh, high-speed internet. I think the the bigger problem is not the speed of the internet, but the reliability of the system. So mm -hmm. sometimes they have very fast internet, and then something happens and they have no internet for a day or two. And so those countries may incur more problems. But as long as those problems are solved from from now on, I think even with uh, uh, Elon Musk's internet, like the the, the, the satellite internet, I mean, there's almost no excuse about you know not having an internet connection. So, yeah, great point. Uh, we're just about out of time. It's been a fascinating conversation. I wanted to give you the last word. If you're speaking to people who may be listening to this and thinking, yeah, it sounds interesting, but kind of far out for me. I've never imagine I could really pull something like that off, what would you say to them? I think that the most important thing is look at your life and see how many hours or you know, how many hours you're spending, you know, uh, doing things you love. If you love working and at your desk job or whatever you're doing, absolutely don't change what you're doing. But if there is some sort of unhappiness inside, you're like, you know, 80% of my time I'm spending it doing things I don't like. I think it's time for you to kind of either move on or start looking for other opportunities. And so you don't have to say, okay, this is the best opportunity. I think just give it a shot. See where it takes you. Maybe spend about a year, you know, trying to make things happen for real. And then, you know, see it for yourself. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. I'm not here to tell you it's the right lifestyle for everyone because it's not. Uh, some people that I know would hate to, you know, the idea that we don't have, quote unquote, an actual home base because mm -hmm. we are traveling you know every couple of months uh but some people like to do that so i would say give it a shot for sure mm -hmm. fantastic uh De Niro, where should people learn uh go to learn more about what you're doing so my website is the hub for everything and it is www.denierob i can spell that for you d-e-n-i-e-r-o-b.com 
There mm -hmm. you'll find my book that's coming out on February 8th, 2023. You'll find my podcast and my blog. We blog about twice a week. So there's a lot of great content there as well. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, De Niro, for coming on the show. It's great to have you here in a fascinating conversation. Absolutely. And I thank you again, Gordon, for having me as well. Yeah. And the new book is Smart Business, Better You. As you've heard, it's coming out soon. And you can hear De Niro's podcast, The Remote CEO Show. Uh, just look on uh, you know Apple Podcasts, wherever you go, and you'll find it. And I want to thank our producers, uh, Tim Alleman, coordinators, uh, Diet Barnett, Daniel Huddleston. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a colleague, a friend, family to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate it. it. helps us in the rankings. Until next time, make it a great week. Thank you.